Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 12. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's discussion are my good friends, John, Lauren, Anne, Josh, and Adam. Today, we're going to be talking all things Joss Whedon. So let's jump on in and take a listen to our discussion. We reason them all. What are you taking it so personal for? It ain't like I ran you out to the fence. Well, but you did. You turn on any of my crew, you turn on me. But since that's a concept you can't seem to wrap your head around, then you got no place here. You did it to me, Jane. And that's a fact. What are you gonna tell the others? About what? About why I'm dead. Make something up. Don't tell them what I did. All right, guys, it's time for our main topic of discussion. I have a great roundtable here today. Let's start off with John. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we have Lauren. Hi. Anne. Hello. We have Josh. Hello. And bring up the rear is Adam. Hi. How are you? I didn't mean to go with the rear, but that just. Kenny, it's not that kind of show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keyword. Uh, all right, for today's topic, we are going to be talking a Joss Whedon universe. So this is going to encompass all things Joss Whedon. So why don't we start with our thoughts on why we think he's so popular? Why are why are his properties so popular? And you want to just start this off? I what I love about his work is the complex nature of his characters, all of them. And I also like that he creates misfits, too. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to misfits. Mm -hmm. And another reason why is I I like how he combines different genres together. Like with Firefly, you have Western, which I love. And you have sci-fi, which I love. And you put those together. Mm -hmm. And finding the humanity in each aspect of the genres. Yeah. That's why I like it. Cool. Josh? I think what's so popular about it is he creates memorable characters because they're always grounded in humanity. And I think that's why it was it was so great of him to get tapped to helm the Avengers mm-hmm. for a while because it's very difficult to make superheroes relatable because they're superheroes. But mm-hmm. uh, bringing them that extra bit of humanity to them, I think, makes them more relatable to us common folk. And he is very good at creating very strong female characters, but it's not... When he creates strong female characters, it's not just like a... Like a warrior woman, stone-faced, zero emotion, mm-hmm. like the male archetype uh, with some someone like Buffy or Willow uh, in the later seasons. They're powerful, but they still have their emotional side. And uh, at no point did they lose either of them for the sake of the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lauren? Uh, I also like, feel that um, the ensemble, like they all individual characters work well together mm-hmm. into a cohesive ensemble mm-hmm. and that kind of they play off each other really well mm-hmm. and they all kind of complement each other yeah character chemistry is amazing yeah, yeah. agree yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah adam you have anything to add i do i think there's a trifecta here of character dialogue and respecting the audience and character and dialogue obviously everyone knows that's what joss whedon is good at but he respects his audience, he doesn't treat them as though they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. is heavy-handed. He assumes that 
people watching his TV shows and movies actually can draw the connections between different events and different mm-hmm. things that happen. Yeah, nothing's hand-fed. Right, yeah, exactly. Really. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a realization that the audience can figure things out, and you don't have to tell them everything. And I think this was especially especially clear in Firefly, where he doesn't tell you the whole backstory of all these characters mm-hmm. and how they came together until near the end. Yeah. Um, but you understand very quickly who they are and what they're about and why they're uh, why they're a group. And and he lets you discover that on your own. Yeah. John. Speaking to that, I also think that it makes it more interesting to the audience. They want to know more. They Mm -hmm. don't. Not knowing Mm -hmm. book's backstory makes you want to be like, give me book's (laughs) backstory for the love of all that is holy. Yeah. Uh, But for me, it's the humanity of the the Mm -hmm. characters and, and the sort of reality of their situations and their interactions. Yeah. Yes, there's a character that's a witch and a character that's a vampire slayer, but they are people and yeah. they relate as people and not as and actually the Avengers is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. They relate as as people, not as superheroes. Just superheroes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have their flaws and uh, they have to deal with that and everyone yeah. else does as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't the Firefly episode, but can we talk a minute about how devastating that was that we still have never gotten books backstory? We well, did. read the comic book. In the comic book. Yeah. I didn't read the comic book. Uh, I will have it. I'll have it there. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's incredible. It's happening. Yeah. I, I just want to give a caveat here on all my experiences. I don't read sub supplemental material mm. so i haven't i don't read like the expanded universe star wars books i haven't read the legends like comic books legends, and no. all those yeah yeah so Doesn't i matter. i usually don't read all of those extra things so i don't usually yeah i only read stuff. stuff that's sanctioned by the actual yeah. creator oh, right okay. and that's why the book is written, written by, by zach yeah. Whedon. yes um, oh. and joss yeah. also so th- i actually own them they're at my house. I oh. just haven't read them yet. Yeah. They're really, okay. they're, they're if there really was good. one thing I was going to do, it's Firefly. That's yeah. Yeah. what mm-hmm. I would follow up. We, yeah. uh, we talked about the humanity, but I also wanted to... Some, something that we, we didn't really touch on, which I think is also important, is a lot of times he creates characters that have some sort of power uh, between Buffy and a dollhouse with the, the imprints mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But his I feel like his best writing occurs in the people without powers like Xander. Yeah. Ooh. The Harpo episode. Oh, yeah. Well, th- that yeah. between that, but in, in the last season of Buffy, he gives us, he, he talks to Don about how hard it is right. to mm-hmm. be the one on the outside. He's not, he doesn't have Giles intelligence. He doesn't have magic. He doesn't have the, the power of the slayer. He's always on the outside watching, but how being there is almost more important than any of them because it's sort of what holds the group together uh, and keeps everyone else grounded is almost being the the baseline, bringing everyone down to reality yes. uh, of the entire ensemble group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. All right, so let's go ahead and let's discuss our favorite Joss Whedon projects. Ooh, so I'm looking at all these faces. Off. Nobody's like wanting uh, to jump ahead. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us off? I okay. So Firefly is so incredibly close to my heart. It's still one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in any kind of uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's. I mean, I do a yearly rewatch of the entire thing. So that's very, very much my favorite. But I have to do an honorable mention because what most people don't know is his production of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, I was going to oh, say the that. same thing. <laughs> that was great. And yeah. as a big Shakespeare fan, mm-hmm. 
this just melted my heart. And I love that production so much because it stays true to Shakespeare uh, and yet still has that Joss Whedon feel oh, yeah. to it. You And few people have ever been able to bring out the deep characterizations and the beautiful rhythm of the dialogue that Shakespeare has. And Joss Whedon is like a perfect match for what Shakespeare would have wanted. Yeah. So. I also heard that they would have friends over and just have mm-hmm. readings of Shakespeare. So it's well yes. worse and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm extraordinarily <laughs> jealous of not being involved in that. <laughs> in fact, I, I have loose connections to people who have loose connections to Joss Whedon. And actually, very tight connections to Joss Whedon. Uh, but I have made it clear to them that the next time they do something like that, that I will be there for free, offering my services. Whether you're wanted or not. Whether they want or not. <laughs> I will be there. So, yeah, Joss nice. Whedon will not do Shakespeare again without me. <laughs> this I swear. How about you, John? Um, Buffy was my entry, mm-hmm. as yeah. I think it was for most. So mm-hmm. it holds a real special place in my heart. It was also, I was at that moment in my life at the same moment that the characters mm. were in general, a few years ahead of them. But uh, it was, I was very related to it. And uh, it was a bonding experience with a good friend of mine. We would watch every week. and But one of the most memorable is actually Dr. Horrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like how it grew out of the writer's strike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think that that's an interesting backstory to it. But also because I was the music director on a staged version of it. And so I became intimately familiar with all aspects of it, including uh, just, you know, obviously dialogue, but very much so the, the music. I mm-hmm. did all the transcriptions for it. And it also, it, it was great because a lot of the crew and cast came to see our production. It was a high school production. Yeah. I work at a high school. And so we, um, we did, we did it as a, as a stage show and it was just great to have Nathan and, and Felicia and Jed and Mo and just a bunch of the people involved yeah. with the creation of it. Come and see it and appreciate it. Enjoy. Yeah. And, Enjoy uh, your version of it. And the kids that are the kids that were in the show for us really latched onto it and had mm-hmm. a fantastic time with it. And, it's awesome. We just had a great time. Cool. Lauren. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm pretty much going to copy exactly what John said. <laughs> you did a musical production. What is the thing? Small world. <laughs> but um, mainly, like, I was class of 99, so it was like, you know, I was growing up as well, like, with the Buffy storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, they were class of 99. And there was a lot of things where, like, I just moved out, like, um, and I was with new roommates, and we all watched it together as a house and stuff. So it was very, like, it was during, like, the formative you yeah. know, things. And it was my first, like, Whedon universe that I uh, fell into. Nice. Yeah. But then also, I, I find myself singing along Dr. Hope. Oh, like, always. Dr. You, can't, you can't help Doing it. Doing laundry. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. You can't yeah. help it. Yeah. <laughs> Can I actually yeah. say something about that, too? One of the things, as a having experience teaching high school, it's interesting how accessible it still is mm-hmm. for students of that age. Mm-hmm. There, once you get past season one, <laughs> season one, but they still, they I, I know, still but season to season it. one's so it's 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 to the point where it's so old now. It's mm-hmm. it's so cheesy that you just got to get you got to get are through dated one. Aspects to yeah, them, definitely yes. got to get through um, one, and then you're fine. Like mm-hmm. landlines. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? How can you not get in touch with somebody? There are. <laughs> pages, I think there. I think there are pages in like season three. There are. Yeah. There it's, are. It's, yeah. it's it's real old. Yeah. But it's still there's something about it. Uh, and I think it's the what we talked about yeah, yeah. in his the way that he writes yeah. and the way that he conceives yep. that it's still yeah. you know, 15 years later 
20 years later for, mm-hmm. for some of these, these kids, it still is something that they are completely enamored with yeah. and completely attached with. It, it's really a testament it's to amazing. the shows. Yeah. How about you, Anne? I'm going to go with Buffy. My sister was the same age as Buffy, and I was a couple years younger. So it was the show that my sister, my mom, and I would watch together and talk about it. And it was probably our... Like my first show that I was like obsessed with that I kept on watching and can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. And I got quite a few of my friends hooked up on it uh, uh, in high school. And we would meet up every morning after the show, after the, the next day. And we would meet in our little like cooler areas, we called it. Yeah. <laughs> and talk about the episode. And then when we went off to college, um, thanks to Facebook, we were able to like create a little group. So after the episode, we would still always talk about it and say what's going to happen yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And to this date, some of those people are still like great friends. And we talk about situations that Buffy went through that were like, <laughs> oh, do you remember this? We went through that too in some way, you yeah. know? So I, I have to say Buffy for that reason. Can so. I ask a question? Yeah. Were you born or did you magically appear when you were 13? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lord>. Curious. <laughs> How do you feel about keys? <laughs> I've noticed you haven't actually answered yet. <laughs> I'm, I, am, I am not Dawn. <laughs> be, be back before Dawn. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, Josh, how about you? I got into Buffy slightly late because I'm male, and the way that they marketed it when it first came mm-hmm. out was very towards the, the teenage female audience. And so when you when you would see the commercials, you'd be like, uh, I don't I don't know that I'm into another because it, it's like uh, it's the nineties nine hundred two and zero uh, and Dawson's Creek and all that stuff. In your head, you just see Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you're like, I don't, I don't I'm not I'm not into this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it a shot. And then like three years later, you catch episodes, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, but I am science fiction is my lifeblood, and I think in its 13 episodes i think firefly is such science fiction perfection that i i can't i almost can't believe it when i watch it again because it's in my opinion it's science fiction the way i always imagine science fiction should be mm-hmm. which is yes there are the alliance ships uh and the alliance ships are not shaped like most of the alliance ships are not shaped like ships mm-hmm. they're shaped like giant cities on a plat like they're shaped in a dumb way yeah uh, they're in a non-aerodynamic way, which is the way it, it should, should be. be. Yeah, You're should in be. space. Yeah. There's no yeah, reason to, no like... Air. I mean, and no and yeah. the minute you get out of the alliance, the, the, like, central government moneyed world, everything is just horrible. Every And in terms of uh, all of the ships feel clunky and feel grungy and, and feel like at any moment they could break down and leave <laughs> you stranded in the middle of space. They All of the ships feel that way. <laughs> and I always felt like... That's what it would be like if we went to space, because even if you look at the space shuttles that we have, mm-hmm. and so many blastoffs and re-entries, you get the scarring, mm-hmm. you get like all this stuff. Every, I, it, it was science fiction the way I always felt it should look, which is grungy because yeah. everything, felt, everything felt real, everything felt tactile. Uh, as opposed to like the shiny chrome of Star Trek or Star Wars yeah. and all that stuff, it just felt real. And uh, I feel like the writing is incredible. Uh, Out of Gas is still mm-hmm. no, is still yeah. one of the is yeah. one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. My favorite episode of Firefly is um, 
objects in space. Mm. Because I think, and I think it's because it's weird. I think Joss mm. is almost at his best when he gets, almost when he gets bored and just starts writing weird stuff. Like my favorite episode <laughs> of Buffy is, uh, no, the dream episode. Oh, oh yeah. I love the, the dream with episode. The cheese. Yeah. Yes. Because, because, because when you're a fan of the show, it all makes entire, it all makes complete sense and is amazing. Yeah. But the first time you see it, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> um, and I think other than, I think when, when it comes down to it, uh, just in terms of the writing that the people he employed put out on the screen, Sort of other than Train Job because he had to write it in like a week. Yeah. Uh, but Train Job's still great. But it's like the writing on that on the, on that show in those thirteen episodes, other than the body episode of Buffy, is probably his some of his mm-hmm. best writing because when when you rewatch Buffy or Angel or Dollhouse, an episode will come on and sometimes your first thought is, I don't know if I really want to watch this episode. I think uh, maybe I want to sk- skip to the next one. That never happens when I watch Firefly ever, mm-hmm. because when you because when you the next episode begins, you're like, oh my god, I love this episode. Yeah, I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is my favorite one. Yeah. Oh wait, oh, no, yeah. this. Is my favorite one. <laughs> nope, this one. Yeah. Our Mrs. Reynolds. Right. <laughs> Shindig. Trash. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um. You wanna... to, to go off what you were talking about. Um. So my mom is the reason why I'm into like science fiction and like superheroes and stuff like that, and she would be on the same boat as you, Josh. It was the whole thing of Firefly. It, it's very sci-fi and sci-fi is my mom's blood. And she was the one who got me on that. Cause I didn't pick up on that right away. And she, yeah, 13 episodes and she can watch it over and over. And she loves that show. Yeah. She loves it. And Cause then- it is, it's, it, and it has an aspect of Western in it, too. Which, oh, yeah. Sonny Rhodes' background music is... <laughs> yeah, I, it's like... Unbelievable. I love it. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, like, and like you said, with like Buffy and Angel, there are the filler episodes that yeah. we decide to not watch, like Praying Mantis. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but you, you bite your tongue. Beer bad. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're also looking at, though, a sample size of 13. Yes, yes, I was just going to mention that. a sample size of over 100. But it's one of those things where... In in season one of any show he has made, there are there's like maybe one or two episodes where you're not that like no, not you're a right. on. It's yeah. thirteen episodes of perfection almost yeah. because there's not a single episode you're like I don't really want to watch this episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is very strange for a first season of a show. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. And to have it still be that way. However many years later. How many times do you watch it? How many, yeah. I've watched it hundreds of times. Exactly. And I still get excited to watch it. 100%. Yeah. You know. Even, even with my all-time favorite TV show, which is Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I, like, there are scenes, or episodes in the first season where I'm like, eh, I can, I don't really need to watch this one again. (laughs) But with Firefly, it's every single episode, every single time, and at least once a year I watch the whole thing. And still, it gets me every single time, and and I probably like them more the more I see them. Yeah. It's it really is just nothing else has had such bang for its buck in pretty much all of TV, in my opinion. So it's it, it captures 
excitement in a way that no other show has for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, Buffy is what introduced me to Joss. I mean, I saw the, the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, when I saw the commercial, yeah, you I loved the movie too. Oh, I loved the movie. I did. 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 I and a straight man, yeah, that yes. that also affected me. Because I, I, mean, yeah. I, I was well, all yeah, I mean, I but I saw the I would see the I, I would see the ads and be like, oh, it's another high school girl thing. Except they sort of brought in this supernatural. Have you element. not seen the movie prior? to No, that? see, I knew that the was, movie. I that's why I that, already that, knew that, that was the thing. Is like I hadn't seen the movie, so it was yeah. one of those things. Where I just see Buffy, even the though Vampire the movie Slayer. is completely different than oh, the series. Yes, but I knew the concept. Which is why I mean, he talks about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he. I think probably well, would have taken his name off the movie he if would've. he had a choice. Yes, yeah. he would have. But uh, uh, for me, though, straight man as well. I was all I watched some of Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. I, I loved. Dawson's I was nine hundred two one zero was a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I think I'm, me too. I, think, I can't believe I'm. I think I'm younger. That. I think I'm, I'm younger right than you. you too. I think that's. I'm, well, think you I'm younger, younger than, than me. He's younger than me. So I'm gay and I can't believe you admitted to Dawson's Creek. I have nothing to say to that. Adam, I don't want to wait. <laughs> but if I had to choose one, it would be Firefly. Yeah. For all the reasons you guys said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it, to me, it's the perfect TV series. I can watch it over and over and over. Not as, I mean, I still love TNG. Mm-hmm. It's probably my right. ultimate mm-hmm. favorite Star Trek. But mm-hmm. I still but. can't believe the seamlessness in which Chinese and American culture is blended yeah. in that show. That's, that's fantastic. That's what that's what surprises me every single time. Is but it makes sense. Yes, yeah. but that's I mean, absolutely. But the best part is, at no point when the show began, even throughout the entire thing, at no point were they like the only cultures that made it off of this planet were China and America. Yeah, they just they just gave like that's what we were talking about. And the, there's no spoon feeding. Yeah, they right. just they just gave just that is. to you, yep. and yep. you were like, and then you had to you had to figure that out. You're like. Why are they throwing Chinese in everything? Why, <laughs> yeah. why is there like, there's Chinese lettering on the things mm-hmm. and they seem to be cursing in Chinese, like all of this stuff. And then you just put it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you is also it. a great workaround for being able to curse. Curse on TV. Yes. Genius. It's, yeah. It takes the, the frack, the frell, the, yeah. mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. And it, it, it gives it, it gives it new life. And weirdly, in we, true weed form, it grounds it because it's a real language. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's Frack not. It's not. Was created the, yeah. in order to take that place. Exactly. Yes. This Whereas was already this, here. It was, and, yes. and, and, and most of the Chinese insults weren't even cursing. It was more like your mother is a dog. Like yeah. yeah like, like, like they were just yeah. sayings in yeah. Chinese. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, this question is going to be a little bit harder to answer. At least I think it will be. I'm ready. <laughs> what is your least? favorite Joss Whedon project and Josh you can start <laughs> uh, if it counts yeah. uh, Alien Resurrection oh that's what I was going to do <laughs> was you, so can, you can still do it Lord was ready if it, so ready if it counts <laughs> I didn't even know he wrote that yeah. yes yeah. I didn't know to be fair, to be fair, he, to be fair, I don't, I think there was a lot of like rewriting and other people involved, but like it t- technically he wrote it. Um, okay. if that counts, uh, in terms of his series and th- the things that we're most familiar with, yeah. Um, least favorite, I think, uh, just barely. I think my least favorite would be Dollhouse, mm-hmm. but only because we have to choose a least favorite. Yeah, <laughs> because we exactly. because we have to choose a least favorite, and because uh, I think I'll, I think that show could have been better and i think that show 
it's not i people people like to blame eliza dushku for that show and they're wrong mm-hmm. uh, i think there were i think there were problems in terms of i don't think part of me thinks just wasn't allowed to do what he wanted to do and yeah. i and because we, we've seen what he does when he wants when he does what when he wants to do to which do. is firefly mm-hmm. yeah we've mm-hmm. seen it uh and the later seasons of buffy and angel like we've, yeah. we've seen what he does when he's free to do what he is doing yeah. um i think in dollhouse he didn't have the freedom unfortunately that's fox again right yeah unfortunately yeah. he's on yeah. fox again they didn't learn the lesson and <laughs> so and and what we got when he was allowed to do what he wanted to do was epitaph one and two Whoa. which are pitch perfect and amazing ways to like close out the thing yeah. including putting epitaph one at the end of season one mm-hmm. where it where it shows you the this apocalyptic mm-hmm. future and you're you're like what happened yeah. and then yeah. oh, and then we're just back to season two like, yeah. back yeah. to present yeah and, and I, I just think him him being so constrained um mm-hmm. didn't allow Heard him to, to make it as good as i think it could be yeah mm-hmm. All right, Adam. Adam yeah. is like biting the yeah, bit here. Yeah. He wants to talk. Look at this. Here we go. You can go that. Champ it up a bit. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I think you're being way too generous on Dollhouse. Okay. Um, uh, I do realize that he did not have a lot of as much control as he should have had over that. However, I feel like in so many ways that show failed on almost every level. I do agree. It was not about the actors at all. The Eliza Dushku was fantastic, and uh, the um, and all of the performers were great. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the people we didn't know. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Sierra and Victor yeah. came yeah. out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and have continued to show up on almost every good mm-hmm. genre show since then yep. and yeah. prove their worth. Um, however, like I feel like there was a lot of problem with this whole thing as a premise. It might have been fine if we put it on TV now. At oh, the yeah. time, especially on network TV, we weren't ready for what it might have to explore. So in order in order to even have it be made, all of the punches had to be pulled from the very beginning. And what it came across like was Joss Whedon's sex fantasy of the week. And yeah. it was in in addition to that, it couldn't even really address the real problems and the real questions of uh, like mm. human trafficking and sex work and slavery and uh, and uh, and uh, all of those issues that were actually very interesting and important about it were just not there. So it came across as being very banal. I think you're I think you're right about if it was done today because I feel like mm. it's a. I didn't, I've never thought about it this way, but I feel like it's almost a watered-down Orphan Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Orphan yeah. Black does this whole experience so much better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, um, and also now we have Tatiana Maslany, which yeah. you know, we didn't have then. <laughs> um, God bless her. Um, <laughs> but she should win all the awards. I'm getting distracted. However, off topic. Off topic. Off topic. <laughs> um, but, but I think even when, to me, I you... Epitaph 1 and 2 were very interesting, but they were so far off from what was actually happening that it felt very disjointed and very inconsistent with what I wanted, which was just a real exploration of this issue that was brought up with the dolls. And so to have Epitaph 1 and 2 come in, yes, they were good. And it's like, oh, wow, now it's interesting However, it is interesting in a way that was different from what should have been interesting about the show to begin with. Right. So I feel like it was it was a very strange band aid to be put 
on a very gaping wound. I agree mm. with you. So mm. that's my thought about it, and that's why I have real problems with it. And I, if he were making it today and putting it on Netflix, I oh. think... Don't, don't could, play with my heart. That, <laughs> don't, don't do that. That could actually be really amazing because I do think with proper freedoms and a commitment from the very beginning to not be interfered with, mm-hmm. he could explore what should have been explored in it. And uh, I agree with Adam. I second, I second that motion. Um, gosh, okay. I don't know how to follow up. Than, like, uh, I'm I hope, sorry. I I'm so- just that cool. Well, I, I hope somebody from Netflix maybe heard him. Uh, give him, give him, just give him any show. Yeah. Let, give yeah. Him, hand him a pile of yeah. money and say, make something. Make Please. Something. The lesson for all of humanity should be don't trust Fox. Trust Joss Whedon. Yeah. And what's amazing is Pre-feet. he trust, if, or he was brought into Pre-feet Fox so many times. Right. What the hell <laughs> is wrong with these people? Yes. Well, he was contracted with them. That's why he couldn't get oh, out of there. Yes. He had to deliver so many series okay. to them. Uh, so I that, didn't realize that. Yeah, that's okay. why he couldn't leave. That's why, unfortunately, he he had to keep creating stuff right. for yeah. them. Yeah. And then they know. would crap it out. And yeah. They, you know, it's just what happened. Did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So Him and JJ. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get into those deals and you're stuck. Yeah. yeah, you hope it goes well, but if it yeah. doesn't, then you're stuck for the rest of the term. So, mm-hmm. um, did you guys want to discuss worse? Or I mean, it's I agree. I, Dollhouse is my least yeah, favorite. One of the things... I only watched a season and a half. I didn't even get through I, the. I, yeah. so. I enjoy it. I, I agree with that. I liked it, it. It didn't get it into good. what it should have gotten into, mm-hmm. but enjoyed, for what it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the characters too, and like yeah. there's moments, but the overall yeah. arc was a little disjointed yeah. and kind of. I will say. Oh, sorry. I will say I do like to hear people defending it, and I do like to hear people sticking up. Well, they're diehard fans, and they yeah. have every yeah, right yes. to love because I Absolutely. can see that part of it. Yes, I can I, see love. I, I defend it. I defend it from an it's it's the sci-fi lover in me. I defend yeah. it from a from yes. a because I agree with you that it should have been more about the trafficking and the the removal of humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm sort of ideal but what i loved about it was the exploration of the brain mm. part of it like everything with alpha and then when listen guys uh spoiler for dollhouse i mean it, it, it's been you, many years but listen, been warned. you should have you should have watched it uh, when, when you find out um whis- uh the doctor is actually whiskey yeah. and sh- mm-hmm. the doctor she killed it like that's oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. When you find out that the doctor isn't actually the doctor, because yes. because you, you have the scars and you just think, oh, she because they reference that she was there during the attack. You're just yeah. like, oh, yeah. no, she was a doll, and they just imprinted her with the doctor's brain because he died. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was to me. Yeah. That was the best thing about that yeah. show, and mm-hmm. that whole moment was brilliant. But that's what I that's what I loved is the exploration of the brain, and then. Um, with Topher. Topher, Topher has like yeah. a psychotic break that after all of it yeah. when you that you see in Epitaph 1 and yeah. 2 because it's like uh, the morals kind of catch up with what mm-hmm. after all that stuff went down mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's some good parts yeah. yeah and there's definitely good stuff to it yeah alright well we're gonna start wrapping up so final thoughts on Joss Whedon universe anything give us something else yeah. <laughs> keep doing it What's yeah. next? Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. I kind of hope he goes back, like, stops doing, you know, other franchises and, like, Avengers and stuff. Like, he, well, he's, think, he's, yeah, he's done with the universe. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, done with he's the universe. So I'm hoping for more universes of his own. So. What I love is, um, think about, if you just look at how good, because he, he, he helped with the uh, Thor 2 writing. Yeah. Um, pretty sure he helped with Captain. Oh, he de- he he got all deep in Captain America: Winter Soldier writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did one. he did yeah. a ton. The uh, movie's amazing. Uh, <laughs> he did a ton. Of, he did a ton of fixing on the, like the Avengers and he, like he helmed that stuff. 
And what made him leave is them getting involved. Yep. Yes. Ultron. Yes. Over-involved. Yep. Yeah. And they, they, they were like, this Age of Ultron, you have to put this in, you have to put yeah. this in. Yeah. And they started shoehorning things in that didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And, and he, could, yeah. and yeah, and but there were it was there were parts of it that were disjointed because of that, and and that was that was just enough for him. He couldn't, and I and I feel for him because that's what happens every time. Yeah, is you you're giving him, you're allowing him the freedom to make something great, and then the minute he does that, you start messing Which with doesn't it. Doesn't make sense. And, but that's that's but that's, they, that's what they do. I know. Oh, uh, believe me, I work in the industry. I understand that. But it's the fact that. He's created so many amazing things mm-hmm. when he's left alone, and the stuff that gets intervened with doesn't shine as bright. Mm-hmm. You think they would know that yeah. and realize, you mm-hmm. know what? Here's like you said, here's the money. Go make your show, whatever you want to do, and put it on. Yeah. Well, now without with the fact that he is stepping away or yeah. has stepped away from that. Yes. He doesn't have to necessarily worry about big studios he doesn't necessarily and have to worry right. about networks that's why, we that's why I want Netflix, Netflix. We can I can see his next project Hulu. coming through one of those that's, things because that's what I yeah. what I want is I want him I want him to be removed from the world of the Nielsen ratings which are mm. terrible yes. and horrible and an they outdated have been pile of crap that no longer needs to be used because it doesn't mean anything yeah I want him to be removed from that because that's when they start to. That's when the networks start to get involved. Is they're like, well, yeah. the ratings weren't high enough, mm-hmm. and it's like, or the the viewership wasn't high enough, and it's like you can't really tell that with this outdated thing. We're all re- we're all TVing, we're all recording, yep. we're all watching yeah, online. Totally. No one is no one under the age of thirty is watching anything on TV at the time it airs anymore. Yeah. We're and just also, not. Yeah, and also mm-hmm. Dr. Horrible Signal on Vlog, that kind of helped with video on demand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Start, yeah. It was kind of the prototype. So that's why I want him to yeah. I want him to, to be given something on Netflix or Amazon or some someplace streaming. Someplace yeah. yeah, someplace streaming where you can see the views. Yeah. Because if it's good enough, you're going to see the 50 views that I give it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I get cuz at this point Firefly saying I've watched Firefly the series 50 times is an understatement. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a, a huge understatement. Yeah. Yeah, John and I are in the middle of watch, rewatching it right now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we're through a few episodes. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. All right, well, thank you guys so much for joining me for our Joss Whedon discussion. Thanks thank for you. Here. You can find the Geek Roundtable all over social media. If you want to email us, you can do that at thegeekroundtable at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at geek underscore roundtable. You can find me, Kenny, at geekyfanboy. If you want to read about our guest host or any kind of show note information, you can do that on our main website at thegeekroundtable.com. I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion on all things Joss Whedon. As you can hear, we are all huge fans of Joss, especially Firefly and Buffy, and we really can't wait to see what comes out next from him. So once again, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, John, Lauren, Anne, Josh, and Adam. So thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. And until next time, take care. Don, listen to me. Listen. I love you. I will always love you. This is the work that I have to do. Tell Giles it. Tell Giles I figured it out. And I'm okay.
give my love to my friends. You have to take care of them now. You have to take care of each other. You have to be strong. Don, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Be brave. Live. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomers podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved.